So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to DTFF, everybody. Happy Tuesday evening if you're joining us live. We are back. I want to say better than ever, but can we really be better than ever? I mean, it's we're, a high we're, bar. We're, we're always just pushing the excellence ceiling here. We're, we're right there every single week. Uh, but we are back. Uh, glad to be here. I hope everybody enjoyed their uh, 4th of July. If you had a long weekend, I hope you enjoyed it. If not, thank you for being in the service industry and taking care of all of us that were off uh, yesterday for the 4th. But we're back. And we're taking a little break from our divisional breakdown series here. And we're going to talk some trade targets for this offseason. More of a dynasty related episode this week. But it could also be, you know, if you're looking forward to your redraft uh, league, these may be some people you should be targeting in your drafts as well. I mean, so there, there could be some overlap there, but mainly we're, we're focusing on dynasty this evening. Before we get into it, my partner in crime, my co-host with the most, Jake. How are you doing this evening, sir? I just realized you've never once said that I'm the co-host with the least or anything less than the most, actually. So I, I feel like I got to keep that streak alive, but that puts a lot of pressure on me. So aside from the pressure that you've just thrown upon my shoulders, I feel real good. Excellence. We're right here. The excellence of execution. That's we right. We're always hearts. up here. That's up why you are the most, because we're, we're pushing that bar every <laughs> single week. Trying to move excellence a little bit closer to excellence every time. <laughs> I'll take it. And you know what? I'm actually, I'm okay with the break in the divisional previews here for just now because we've only got two left. They're doozies. Mm-hmm. They're great ones. But I almost feel like I need mental preparation for how good those are going to be. So I feel like if we, if we kick this one off really good, we end it on a high, then we'll be able to coast into those, uh, the way that we should. And that's what I'm hoping to accomplish here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So before we get into it, Jake, um, want to tell us what our beer of the week is this week, since you, you provided this one for us? Uh, you know, actually, my wife technically provided this one for us, but she got Young Blood Beer Company. We've had many a beer from this brand right out of Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. on this podcast before. And as we talked before we jumped on the actual recording here, they always have the best names for beers. And it's really hard not to buy them just based off of the name. So this That's- is a hazelnut coffee brown. And Dustin, tell me where this ranks all-time beer names for you. Mr. T Starter Kit. Come on. It ranks probably probably number two. What's number one? Is it also uh, Youngblood? It, oh, it is. Yeah, the one that was uh, Sir, This is a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah okay, I, 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 I am just very partial to that one uh i thought that was just very clever and, and hysterical so uh but yeah this would be number two i love this mr t starter kit i love it so good so good but yeah it's a brown ale uh cold steeped with hazelnut and ledger coffee i don't know what ledger <laughs> coffee is but it tastes good i'll tell you that much yeah i don't know either um trying to read the label here um it does not say what ledger coffee is could be the brand Perhaps. Ooh, that's fair. That's fair. If somebody uh, in the uh, the chat knows, tell us what uh, what Ledger Coffee is. Hollywood Titan, mm-hmm. that is not helpful. That's not what we're looking for. Hello, ladies, he says. Uh, although that is a great uh, Beastie Boy song. In mm-hmm. fact, top five Beastie Boy song. So there you go. 
Yeah, absolutely. I guess it's technically Hey Ladies, but you know, same deal. <laughs> same, same. But yeah, this is a delicious beer. I really like this. Um, I'm usually not a big hazelnut fan, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not my thing. I mean, I, I respect the flavor and whatnot, but this is, um, it's not overpowering, which I really enjoy. And I love, I love coffee flavored beers and I love brown ales. So this is almost the perfect trifecta of beer. I, it, it's really good. It is really good. It's not heavy, which I really don't need on this steamy hot day in Wisconsin here we're having. Yeah. Uh, but it's great. I like it. It is very syrupy, I will say. It is a very... No, I shouldn't say very syrupy. It's slightly syrupy. And that's my only beef with it. I don't like my beers to be too syrupy. But other mm-hmm. than that, uh, I like it. I like it. Way to go, young blood! once more. Delivering the goods. That's right. All right. Should we go ahead? Oh, look at yeah. yeah. Beastie Boys do rule. How that's right. Do we want to move right along into our drunk trade of the week? Sure. If I can find the button, let's do it. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. All right. So we have this one once again from Reddit. Our wonderful friends at Reddit. Well frenemies at Reddit, let's say. But two years ago, this person says, I sent Lamar Jackson for two firsts and Tom Brady. Dude was convinced Brady was done. Turns out he's not. That comes from Reddit user Dark Side of Dagoon. I don't know what that means because I never know what the usernames mean on Reddit. Uh, and I don't want to do that much research. So obviously, Dustin, though, this was super flex league. Just, just taking a stab in the dark mm-hmm. here. They didn't explicitly lay that out. That I, makes I would the most assume sense. so. Yes. Yeah. So, boy, I mean, this felt right for our podcast, given our history mm-hmm. of calling things a bit early for Mr. Brady. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think here? Uh, I mean, look, it's easy to say now. But even now, with our hindsight analysis, you think this is fair? You think this was still too much uh, for Lamar? So two years ago, was that Lamar's MVP season? I believe that's correct. So I don't how- know if this was made pre or post that season. Right, right. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking that if this was right after his MVP season, which he had an incredible year that year, that if if you're thinking Tom Brady was toast, or or at the end of his career. And two years ago was also when he moved from the Patriots, right? He's played two years for the Bucks now. So thinking he's leaving the Belichick system, if if you truly thought he was done, if you thought, okay, he'll maybe be like a QB2, and we all know in in, uh, super flex leagues that it's hard to trade for a quarterback without getting one in return. So I can see the logic behind this trade, where two firsts for Lamar after his MVP season, okay, that's... Sounds about right. And then you want a little extra, get that maybe QB2 coming back at you. Yeah, it, it makes sense in in the spirit of the trade itself. But as we know, this did not work out well. Um, and I'd be curious to know what he got for those two firsts yeah. with Tom Brady. Because, I mean, you're getting a very high-end QB1 for two seasons now, plus two first-round picks in the last couple drafts. I mean, or we don't know when they were. I'm assuming... They were in the, you know, spread over a couple years. So, yeah, not a great trade. I mean, not terrible. We've seen worse, but yeah, let me it's say, definitely I think, an overpay. 
didn't work out yet, I think is the way I'm going to choose to look at this one. Because from a purely age difference, and if you're playing long term in your dynasty leagues and you believe in Lamar Jackson, that he's going to continue to only get better. You're right after the MVP season, of course, he's taken some steps back for fantasy overall. I think he's improved in certain areas for real life football, but for fantasy, he's taken a, a bit of a step back from that awesome season. But if you believe he's going to continue growing and he's a, you know, mid-20-something quarterback as opposed to a mid-40-something quarterback, I still think those two firsts were probably worth it. And here on out, depending on, you know, what they got for those firsts, of course, if it was like somehow Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase or something, well, that's a little bit different, I guess. But just looking at the numbers, just the two firsts and Tom Brady, you know, from henceforth, it could be fine. It's probably going to be fine. And you'll be much happier having Lamar Jackson than Tom Brady. Because, God damn it, this has to be his last year, doesn't it? Just has to be. I think with his humongous TV contract he's going to be getting after this season, especially mm-hmm. if he wins it and runs it back again, gets that, that next ring. Yeah, he'll be hanging it up regardless. I Really, I would think regardless if he wins a ring or not. Just with that contract, that how could he walk away from? Uh, how could he walk away from that? I don't get it. So yeah, I think Tom's probably done. Can never say never because you know Tom could probably play until he's fifty at this point if he really wanted to, and probably still play at a high level. I, I don't doubt anything he does. Uh, is he a Scientologist? Is he part of the lizard people? Like what? Maybe. What? What is his secret? Uh, I might want in on it. It's the and green I juice. I don't whatever believe the that because green juice is disgusting. <laughs> But that's why you'll never be Tom Brady, because you can't stomach the green juice. You know, maybe he had a procedure that, like, lost some sense of taste or something. And so now he's able to eat super healthy and he doesn't even care. I think that's the real secret that Tom's not talking about. But I I think you're right. I think this Tom is talking to Top Gun Tom, and they're probably sharing some trade secrets. Uh, If I I had to guess, I think the Cruz and the Brady meet up and it's uh, Tom times two. Uh, for little meetings. Tommy and Two-tone. I want to be Tommy Two Tone. Uh, is that the 8675309? Yeah. Is that Tommy Two Tone? Okay. Yep. I did it. I got that reference. <laughs> uh, uh, but that was a fun, that was a fun trade to look That at. was. That was. All right. So, Jake, I'm going to throw this one up here from Hollywood. Who's your favorite IDP trade target? <sighs> Hollywood. Why would you do? You know, that's <laughs> not who we are as people. Why would you put me? Uh, on the, on blast like that. I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to say without a hint of homerism here, wink, wink, Jair Alexander. Hey, that's who I would say. (laughs) He had a little bit of a down year. He stepped away because he was injured and people might not be thinking as highly of him. So there you go. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, adjacent to Booter Baker in terms of value, but he's out of sight, out of mind. So people aren't going to want to stand up. There you go. That's my recommendation. Yep. Right there with you. hundred percent. Look at this lockstep <laughs> right there. I love I'm it. Sure that's, I'm sure that's terrible advice for real hardcore IDP people. But yeah, probably. Me, that's, uh, I don't know. Is Bobby Wagner still a value? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? All right. All let's right. get into some non-IDP trade targets. Though. Yes. Yes. So off-season trade targets, as I said at the top, more dynasty related. We are just going to pick one player from each of the main four offensive positions and let us know or let you know why we think they are good trade targets for this offseason. So, Jake, why don't you start us off? Pick whatever position you would like and we'll go from there. Phrasing? 
Are we just done with phrasing on that? Any yeah. position? Any position. Oh, well, this is going to get a whole different vibe on this podcast real quick. I'll, I'll keep it above board. We'll start with quarterback. The most important position in football and in fantasy football, I think, mm-hmm. still. Uh, at least offensive-minded fantasy football. Tighten in the chat there. So I'm going to start off with this young, supposed wonder kid came out last year. Trevor Lawrence. The sky was the limit. This young fella, he was the second coming. He was uh, a hot shot in the making. And then Urban Meyer happened to this poor guy. And Urban Meyer has deflated his value an insane amount. So if you remember, Dustin, last year in rookie drafts, Trevor Lawrence was it. I mean, 101. He, he was your 101. That was pretty undisputed. In startup drafts, I was seeing him go in front of a lot of big names veteran names. And then if we look at his value now, he's creeping all the way down to quarterback 20. Is that that can't be right. Is it quarterback 20 for this young guy? Uh, No, sorry. I was misjudged. Quarterback 19. So pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, That's that's crazy talk for this generational quarterback who is stuck in an awful system. Again, I know it's not all Urban Meyer's fault. We can't blame everything on Urban Meyer, but I want to blame as much of it as possible on him because that guy sucks. Uh, (laughs) But we have Doug Peterson who's coming in. We saw some strides that he was able to make with Carson Wentz back in the day. Obviously, those strides didn't really last. Not all of it stuck (laughs) with Wentz, but while he was under Peterson, he certainly looked a lot better than without. And now we have him coming over who he consistently ranks in the top 10 for his offenses for passing, and especially for pass attempts. He's a pass-heavy guy. He likes to throw the ball. Trevor Lawrence now has some extra weapons to throw to. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're amazing weapons, but I think that they are small improvements over what he had. You know, Christian Kirk coming in, we talked about him when he first signed, and it's kind of a weird move, especially based on how much he got paid. You know, a wide receiver who didn't really do a ton over in Arizona comes over here for this massive contract. But if you add the small pieces together, that's what I like about the situation for Trevor Lawrence. It's not just Christian Kirk. It's not just Doug Peterson. It's just not getting a little bit of extra oomph on the O-line with Brandon Chirp coming over. It's not even just Travis Etienne, his uh, alma mater buddy coming back, who was out all of last year, you know, supposed to dynamo rookie running back who we haven't actually got to see play in the NFL yet, dynamite pass catcher, and you're Evan Ingrams, and I know you're going to laugh about Evan Ingram, but I, I still believe you have enough pieces being added to think like, even with just the subtraction of, of Urban Meyer, I think he'd be perfectly fine. But these little extras that are added here, I think are really going to make him a massive value. I'm not saying he's going to be a top five quarterback in Dynasty after this year, but he's going to get a lot closer to his original value coming out of college last year. So the fact that you can give a quarterback 19, this is an ideal trade target. Hey, you want to trade Tom Brady to a contender? Maybe that contender has Trevor Lawrence, and that's how you sweeten that pot and throw Mm -hmm. in one single first-round pick plus Tom Brady. And that seems like it'll be enough to get you Trevor Lawrence now. I mean, Um, you might even be able to do that just straight up, uh, quarterback or quarterback, if this other team is truly a contender. If they're in it to win it and they want want the ship. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't, but I could could see a world. I mean, it's possible. It's Mm -hmm. possible. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but it's just like, yeah, this is the type of value that you want. And one year is all it takes to just crush somebody's value. I get if it's mm -hmm. one legitimate year and, and the sky is falling and they just look terrible all around. Trevor Lawrence had really terrible stats. He didn't always look terrible, though. He really didn't. I mean, he had some turnover-heavy games for sure. Uh, but also, his, his weapons were bad. His coaching was bad. Bad. It was non-existent. So, you know, the transition from college to NFL is not easy. Let's let him have an actual year to get shit together here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that, Jake. I, I agree. People are down on him. And if you really thought he was the generational talent that he everyone says he was, why are you giving up so easy? Exactly. All right. Do you want to stick with quarterback? Or are you bouncing around here? Yeah, I'll stick with quarterback. I'll just follow your lead here, uh, if you don't mind. That's uh, fine. You can okay. you can draft in my wind. Is that a phrase? Feels like a racing phrase. I don't. It know. could be. I don't <laughs> Go know. ahead. So my quarterback trade target is Jameis Winston. Going to eat all those W's. And I know he, you know, I know he tore his ACL, and he's maybe might not be up to full strength right away coming into the season here for the first couple of weeks, but he's going even later than Trevor Lawrence. He's going as quarterback 22, basically at the 12-13 turn in, in, in your redraft league, um, which is insane value, insane value. And we know he got the LASIK, so he can see, finally, finally. He, he's got great targets on his team, we think. Kamara... Maybe he'll be suspended, maybe not. That's still up in the air. But even if even if Kamara's suspended, this only will help him. So you've got Adam Troutman, who we all love as a good tight end, upside, young tight end. Michael Thomas coming back into the fold. He was elite just a couple years ago. Is he still elite? Question marks. We don't know. He hasn't played, but chances are he'll still be pretty darn good. You've got Jarvis Landry, the wily veteran coming in that can just snag everything underneath. Be that safety blanket for Jameis. You've got the the rookie, Chris Olave, who apparently can catch anything that comes his way. Love me some Olave. What is not to love about these offensive weapons that Jameis has around him? That's Jason right. Jason Hill. There, no, no, that's right. There, huh? there, there is no argument there. You got to love everything <laughs> about these offensive weapons. I really do. Well, not, I mean, in comparison's sake, you betcha. To last year or the year before, mm -hmm. oh my goodness. It's not even close. It's not even comparison. Well, and, and here's the thing. Before he got injured, he played in seven games, had 14 touchdowns and only three interceptions. you got to love that ratio and those stats. He was having his best statistical season uh, of his career. His QB rating was an all-time high. Uh, he had... A decent amount of rushing, so he has that, a nice little rushing floor. Nothing crazy. He's not, you know, Lamar or Josh Allen, but he'll give you a, a, a little bit of a floor there to, to boost up the, the stats. It's more and, of a sneaky Tom Brady type of runner, but he'll just lean in for a couple of touchdowns now again. Yeah. So I, I feel like with everything he's got around him, and like I said, especially if Kamara is suspended, uh, they're going to rely on that passing game even more than they normally would. But if not, Kamara's a great option out of the backfield. At the price you can get him for, it, I mean, it, it does he have top five up, upside? No, I, I'm not. I'm not going to blow smoke up our our listeners' asses here and say yes, he could be a top five quarterback this season. No, uh, could he squeak into the top twelve? Maybe things go the right way. But I think if you're in a super flex league, he it could be a very solid number two quarterback for you that you're not paying quarterback two prices for. I, I love it. 
and I'm hitting Jameis Winston so hard in best ball drafts as my second quarterback. And I think people still have the misrepresentation of Jameis Winston that he's just like errant throws, Bruce Arian system, mm-hmm. just a liability in a lot of ways for real NFL and your fantasy team. But he hasn't been like that since he's come over to the Saints. You no, and I think crushing yeah. it with completion percentage. Yeah, and I think, you know, he had those couple of years sitting on the bench learning from Drew Brees. I think it helped him grow up and mature a little bit from, you know, when he was in Tampa Bay and that, you know, high draft pick, the kid coming in, you know, having all that moxie. So, you know, I think so he's he's moxie. a different quarterback than he was, uh, you know, when he came over from Tampa Bay. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yeah, I, I give no rebuttal. Uh, that was perfect. To oh, paraphrase an old school quote for you there. Nice. Should I just thank watch you. this weekend? <laughs> you <bet>. Nice. <laughs> uh, also, I just like any chance we get an opportunity to talk about Jameis Winston on this podcast because, mm-hmm. you know, his yellowing back in the day did give me some life. So oh, it was great. Uh, I would love to move on to the running back position. That's all right here. Do it. Is that, is that I'm okay? Follow, I'm, like I said, I'm following your lead this whole episode here. So. All right. Because I, I just made some pasta. But now I need some sauce. So I want to talk about AJ Sauce Dylan uh, for my de facto homer pick that I had to throw in here. But even pulling myself, I've tried very hard, Dustin, lately, to not succumb to the homerisms as much as I previously have and not have the blinders on as much. Mm-hmm. You know, because any player that you look at, here's the dirty little secret. You can find stats that will support just about everybody if you look hard enough or a narrative that will support anybody if you look hard enough. But if you strip away all of the excess garbage and you look at A.J. Dillon, it is crazy to me that somebody like him is RB22 in dynasty value right now. And that's even gone up over the last few weeks, Mm -hmm. which thank God, probably because it's, uh, you know, short season again. So the quads are back and form. And so he got that nice little boost up. From those photos, but he is still significantly behind a guy like J.K. Dobbins. And I don't get it. So the J.K. Dobbins is, the Cam Akers is, all these guys who are coming back from these crazy injuries, right? And we saw Cam Akers and how he looked at the tail end of last season, which you can't knock him too much for it, but you have to factor it in. And then J.K. Dobbins still we haven't seen come back. We haven't seen anything out of him. It's It's like the sky is falling a little bit there with the backfield in Baltimore, and these guys are still ranked highly above A.J. Dillon. Is it because A.J. Dillon is in a split backfield with Aaron Jones? Maybe. Is it because Aaron Jones can't catch passes, so he's just the bruiser, and you have to bank on uh, touchdowns for A.J. Dillon? That's bullshit. (laughs) Because we've seen... Over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. A.J. Dillon be very effective as a pass catcher. Last year, he got 37 targets, 34 receptions, 313 yards. Damn it, I knew you were going to do that. And two receiving touchdowns. He is not Stonehands Ronald Jones. That's not A.J. Dillon. And it feels like that's the role people want to force him in there only because Aaron Jones is better at it. You can have two good pass catchers in this particular offense, really thrive. Because Green Bay, of course, gone through a crazy upheaval with a roster shakeup, losing Devontae Adams, replacing him skeptically, I'd say for right now, with rookie Christian Watson coming in, Sammy Watkins coming over from Baltimore. Uh, kind of some, a, a scrapped together wide receiver core. Robert Tunyon coming back. 
hopefully is going to be healthy, but we don't know if he's going to start uh, the year on PUP or if he's actually going to start right away. So tons of question marks. The only question marks we don't have are the backfield. We know exactly what A.J. Dillon can do. We know that he can score a lot of touchdowns. And we know that with the dearth of pass catchers there, yeah, I used dearth on this podcast. Deal with it. I looked it up in a thesaurus <laughs> before I started. <laughs> it means lack of. With the lack of pass catchers there in that receiving core, Aaron Jones could be getting split out wide quite a bit, leaving A.J. Lin- AJ Dillon to actually handle the majority of rushing attacks, which I think is going to be the case. I think we're going to see A.J. Dillon overtake Aaron Jones pretty comfortably in that department. I'm not saying he's going to get 80 targets yet, but I think that number is going to go up too by necessity. So 37 was his high so far. I think we see a little bit more out of him there. And it's just going to keep expanding because Aaron Jones is not long for the Packers, you know, and they have turned into this offensive minded uh, approach where they are going to have to run because Aaron Rodgers might not be there very long. The Aaronses are going to be gone and it's just going to be AJ Dillon left to carry the load basically and he can do it. So his value is only going to continue to go up. So RB22 right now is basement level price. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, Jake. Are you I'm still back. there? In the act. You're, you're back? Okay. I, we lost you for a second. These storms, damn it. These storms. I know. It's, hey, it's, it's, uh, I was hoping they were going to hold off until we were done recording, just so we wouldn't have to worry about this. But I was hoping you'll give a, a awesome lightning strike right as I said AJ Dillon's name, but that didn't work. No. So, all right, who you got from the chat? Question from the chat before I I hit you up with mine. Would we rather have a random twenty five first or a twenty three first of a team that has Eckler, McCaffrey, Adams, and Cup? I understand the fact that that dream team means that your 2023 first is probably going to be late. But Dustin, I'm always of the mind, I'm not going to wait an extra two years just because. Because in Mm -hmm. 2025, you could be looking at a late round first then as well. And now you've sacrificed two years of production for a player that you could get. So I would take the 2023 first. Absolutely. 100%. We're in a complete agreement. And Mr. Scampers in the chat says, nail the dearth. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll take that, Scampers. I appreciate it. All right, so my running back here is someone that has been getting a lot of shade, we'll say, in this offseason. And I don't know why. It's unwarranted. All he's been is essentially a top 12 running back. Not essentially. He has been his entire career. So why would this change all of a sudden out of the blue? And if you haven't guessed who this is, I'm talking about Zeke Elliott. Now, as I said, he's been a top 12 running back his entire career. Last year, finished RB7. Now, I know he was inconsistent last year, but come to find out that he was playing through an injury from week four on with a torn PCL or a partially torn PCL. Well, yeah, his stats are going to go down. He was a little bit more inconsistent that that tracks. And that's why we saw maybe Tony Pollard getting a little bit more play, not because Tony Pollard is a superior back or younger than Zeke. It's because Zeke was injured. Oh, and by the way, didn't miss a single game. The only time he has missed games in his career, he's missed two games other than his uh, suspension season in his in his second season. So the dude is super healthy and reliable, even guts it out, you would say, when uh, he is injured and will play through injuries. So I love Zeke. He is currently going as RB 18, which is criminal. Give me that value all day long. 
because you know he's going to finish top ten. I, I, I mean, I, I will, I will, I will bet any amount. Of, well, I should say any amount of money. My wife would kill me, but I, I would, I would bet very heavily that he will finish in the top ten this year. Uh, the offense they lost Amari Cooper, which I know we we have a love hate relationship with him, but yeah, you can't solid, use Amari for both a positive and negative. He, I will say no. He is a very solid receiver and very reliable receiver. I will say that. So you you're lost Amari, Michael Gall. Probably going to start the year on the pup. Won't come back for six weeks, most likely. So you've got a rookie coming in. You've got James Washington, who I hope he can turn his career around, but so far hasn't flashed a whole lot. So you got Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb. Maybe they're going to rely on the run game a little bit more until Michael Gallup comes back. Yeah, so even if you're looking at a really heavy start to the season, then you should be trading him away after that time. So like if you have him now, you're definitely not trading him mm-hmm. now, right? Because his value is so low. Correct. But let's just say for the sake of argument, because I'm curious. So he comes out of the gate and he crushes it. Let's say because Gallup's done for the first five weeks. He's not on the field. So he comes out. They run the ball a bunch the first five weeks. He crushes it. Looks like his old self. Are you holding him at that point? Or would you want to move him at that point? I guess it really depends on team makeup, and I don't want to give a cop-out answer. But if I'm a contender, I, I want him yeah. on my team this year. If I'm If I'm contending... Give me all the Zeke Elliott. If I am not contending for whatever reason, say your team just shits the bed and you thought you were a contender and Zeke is like the only piece that's playing well, mm. well, then I would probably trade him while the trade value is high. But otherwise, yeah, I want him on my team and I, I want to go after him wherever I can this offseason because I think he's going to ball out this year. Spoiler alert, he might be my drinking buddy. One of my drinking Ooh, buddies here this year. Damn. Like I know. I'm, right. I'm that... I have that much conviction about Zeke going into this season. You can have him. I'm not I'm not a big fan of I gotta say I'm not a big fan. Or not nearly as big of a fan as you are, I should say. I'm not writing him off, but I'm just not ready to to make that kind of move. Dare we beer bet this one? We haven't really had an organic beer bet come up recently. We haven't. I, I'm, I'm we? for it. Okay, because I my whole thing has been, yes, over the last two years, he is still finished as a top 10 guy or an RB1, but his points mm-hmm. per game finish and acknowledging that he played through an injury, as you said last year, and obviously mm-hmm. you got to take that into account. But even the year before, he was RB16, I think, in points per game. Mm-hmm. So availability, very good, but I would rather have players that have higher ceilings week to week and sacrifice mm-hmm. the missing games, you know, shove somebody else in there for those three right. games. Mess. So that's my plan of attack with Zeke. I don't hate him, but I'm probably not going to draft a ton of them or trade for him much. So what do we think the cutoff should be for this bet for a finish? RB10? Is that too low? I'll take RB10 all day. Yeah, I knew you would. I wonder if that's too low for me. Uh, No, I'm comfortable with that. I'd say RB10. So you're going to say he finishes 10 or better, and I'll take anything underneath? Yeah, so Jake, just to throw this out there. A, the yep. last, this is, this finishes going back from this last season backwards. Seven, mm-hmm. nine, three, five, 12, and two. Yeah, that's his overall. Overall. Finish. But that's with a lot so of you, players missing time. Your CMCs mm-hmm. and who's right. Next, they all miss. So they have much higher ceilings, whereas Zeke is going to be there so for you so getting 11 points per game. Yeah. Okay. So he finishes top 10 points per game. I'm not not doing overall. I won't be sucked into an overall one with him because I know that he can do that just by staying healthy. But points per game, yeah, I will take not top 10. Okay, top 10 points per game. We did it. We did it. It is decided. Woo!
Ooh, it's been a while, so I'm glad we can mm-hmm. get that one off. Um, in the meantime, yeah. before we jump into wide receivers, this is a good transition question. Ah, yeah. Uh, Cody Anderson in the chat: Should I trade DK for Mixon in Dynasty? I have good wide receiver depth already, so getting rid of DK already has good depth for Mixon. I don't know, Dustin. What do you think about this one? I guess it really. Like, I hate just the cop out response. It depends on your team. Don't makeup. say it's based on team makeup. Come I know on. you're saying you have good wide receiver depth. I guess if you're contending and you really feel like Mixon is a piece you need for the running backs to push you over the edge, then yes, I would maybe try to get something a little bit extra for it. Because DK is still very young uh, and he is a man amongst men in the NFL. And Mixon, he's only got couple years maybe and he's on a second contract i know he's in a great offense uh i'm i'm actually very high on mixing for this season i think he's gonna have a really good year that being said you know if you're looking for dynasty i i would do it like i said pull the trigger if you're in serious contention mode yeah i do i don't uh judge running backs further out than two years for dynasty i just don't because situations change so fast so for me for mixon if you can get two years of that for DK right now. I'd be okay with it. I'm actually, you said to get more, maybe. I'm surprised that DK would still have enough value at this point to be able to trade away for Mixon because quarterback situation there could be really dire for this year. And I know it's mm-hmm. just one year, but it doesn't seem like Baker Mayfield's actually going to get traded there anymore. He was kind of my hope for DK this year. We got Geno Smith, maybe Drew Locke figures it, you know, just YOLOs it enough. Uh, to make DK stay relevant. I think I would actually take that. I would trade away DK for Mixon now, uh, play the short game there. You know, you got to do some fast trades every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You might be able to, you know, I don't know, trade Mixon away after this year or something. But I, I would do that. Okay. Fair enough. All right, Jake, what do you got next? All right. You know, Dustin, we played golf this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm bad at it. And you saw that. You saw as am I as a golfer. You're substantially yeah. better than I am. But yeah, we're we're not going to be joining the pro teams anytime soon here. I'm um, not joining an amateur I, team anytime soon here. <laughs> Touche. Uh, but you know, when I showed up there, I, I was missing a crucial element for golf. And and you know, because I I've been playing in simulators for too long, I forgot that you have to bring your own tee sometimes. And T. Higgins, look at that smarmy transition. He is a crucial component. Shut up, Mr. Makeup of your team, dependent guy, man. (laughs) Uh, T. Higgins is a crucial element for the Cincinnati offense. Now, we were just talking about Joe Mixon. That should have been my much easier and less dumb transition into T. Higgins, but it wasn't. I stick with my golf transition. But T. Higgins is somebody that I've been trying to acquire everywhere Every how, uh, anytime. I want him on every iteration of a team. I want him in redraft. I want him in dynasty. I want him in best ball. I want him everywhere. So as of right now, he is still not a top 10 value. And that blows my mind for dynasty. So, oh, I apologize. He did get moved up. He got moved up in fantasy pros at least. He's moving up there, it looks like, to wide receiver eight. But I have him as a top three long-term asset in Dynasty. I know that everybody's still very much attracted to Jamar Chase, and I get it. I get why. He boomed hard and noticeably. It Mm -hmm. was very visible games. Like, everybody got the highlight reel from Jamar Chase. T. Higgins struggled early on in the season. He was dealing with his own injuries. But in the back half of the year, so in week eight, there was a turning point for T. Higgins. 
where he started to get a bigger role than Jamar Chase and went with it. And from that point on, he was better than Jamar Chase in receptions and yards. Higgins had four games of 100-plus yards during that stretch. And one more of 97, which I just, I want to round it up so bad, just to give him the fifth one, but probably shouldn't. All during that span from week eight on. He boomed hard, but nobody seems to be focusing on right. that. Like, well, because it wasn't, it, it wasn't the big plays. It wasn't the big sexy, you know, 80 yard rips down the field for the touchdown that, you know, Jamar Chase just housing people. Uh, do you think maybe with Jamar, uh, question is maybe hit that rookie wall a little bit? Uh, he was out of football for a year, didn't play his senior season or his last season, um, in college. So he's like a full year plus removed from being in football shape. Do you think maybe part of that was just a function of him not um, being like mentally ready for the 17 game season of the NFL? It's very possible. Or maybe he just succumbed to the size of the NFL ball, you know, and it didn't have stripes on it. And he just couldn't deal after a certain while. (laughs) No, I think there is some validity to that. Like I I could absolutely see that being the case. I don't know for sure. I'm not trying to still. Because Chase did still have big games after mm-hmm. that point, too. But you're right. They were definitely further and fewer between. Yeah, I, so, and I'm not trying to poke something. holes in your argument here because I love me some T. Higgins, too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I'm just, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate because it makes for better podcasting. You're a great Ke- Keanu Reeves in that way, I will say. Oh. You're a great devil's advocate. The only yeah. time I will ever be compared to Keanu Reeves. I love Take it. it. Thank you. Enjoy it. I'll take it and run it with it. <laughs> I <laughs> know. Uh, I to your point, yeah, that could absolutely be a case. But again, the case could easily be made for T. Higgins in the other way of coming back from that injury. It just took him that long to ramp up, and once he was there, and Higgins was looked healthy, didn't just look like a decoy anymore. He had those games early on where he had that AJ Green kind of vibe to him of I'm really hurt, but I'm just going to be out here, and I'm not even really mm-hmm. try. I don't even expect to have the ball thrown to me, but I'm going to pretend to run some routes to draw some coverage. So I think that. Higgins coming on hurt Chase maybe as you're saying wasn't the only reason that uh, Chase suffered but I also think that both of these guys can absolutely thrive this year and I just think it's crazy that he's so far behind Chase I would if anything they should be on the exact same tier for me because Higgins is what two a year older not even two years older than Jamar Chase so Mm -hmm. from Dynasty I'm not worried from that perspective the touchdown upside is just as big for Higgins. He's not going to get it the same way that Chase does. You said it's not going to be those 80-yard bombs probably, but a little less sexy. But I'm I'm so excited about T. Higgins, and I can't stop drafting him. Oh, I don't blame you. I love him. So realistically, what do you think you could would be the trade value for him? I think for Higgins, you're going to have to give up a first plus for sure. That's mm-hmm. pretty pretty easy there. But like, unlike Chase, where you still have to give up two firsts and a really quality player of your own, for Higgins, I think you can just do a first and let's say uh, a, a good RB2 would be the kind of value okay. I think you'll have to give up for Higgins, which I'm I'm super comfortable. If you have somebody like Cam Akers that is still, again, for some reason has this crazy name value or J.K. Dobbins, mm-hmm. those are the perfect pairings for me to go with that late first for T. Higgins. And then uh, uh, I'd be making those moves. All right, let's let's move on to uh, to your second wide receiver so we can fall into the tight ends, which you know is where we want to be. That's right. So my wide receiver is just someone I can't give up on. I, we keep going back to the well. Our, our favorite, one of our favorite players to talk about on this podcast. We both love him. We respect him. He's our boy. And that is Mr. Robert Woods. Mr. Trees in the house. Ooh. Love him. 
So, Trees, tees, we got everything going on here tonight. That's right. So Bobby injured last year, uh, tore his ACL. Very sad, very disappointing. Moved on to greener pastures. I don't know greener. Different pastures. <laughs> different. <laughs> uh, yeah. Different pastures. But he's already running, cutting. We've seen the videos. So he should be ready to go for training camp, full speed, come regular season. He moved to an offense where their number one wide receiver has left the building for different pastures as well. And all they really have on the depth chart right now is a rookie. They got Traylon Burks. That's about it. Unless you think some of these no-name guys, I know they got Austin Hooper. Yeah, that doesn't move the needle for me at all as far as team goes. What about Racing McMath? Does that change anything for you? They have a guy named no. Racing McMath on the team. Okay, I'm just curious. No, no, no nothing. <laughs> okay. So... So he is going to be the number one ride receiver on the team for this season. I know he's getting up there in age. I believe he's going to be 30 this year. So he's definitely hitting that that age cliff. But he basically has no value right now. And, he, and he's, in, in a, granted, in a lower passing volume offense than what he's used to. But he's still going to be the wide receiver one. He's still going to command those targets. Uh, he knows how to get open. He's a very savvy route runner. He know he knows how to play in the zones. He's playing in the AFC South, which doesn't have the best track record of teams. When you're looking at Jacksonville and the Texans, I mean, so th there's there's some openings there in the defenses that he should be able to exploit. And I think he's going to be fine. I think he will be a wide receiver two for you this year, and you're not going to have to pay that price for him. You'll be able to get him dirt cheap. And I think he's going to end up being a great value for your team and a good supporting piece for your team. I, I like that. I, I'm always happy whenever we can talk about Bobby. Like you said, he's he's been a, a focal point of the show quite often for good reason. And to your point about the depth chart, even the rookie, even Traylon Burks is dealing with his own injury that could potentially hinder him a little bit at the start. You know, he tore his left ACL in October. Uh, so it's not like he's guaranteed to be ready out of the start mm -hmm. either. Robert Woods could be on the fast track for early targets. And let's just make it happen, damn it. Let's make it happen for Bobby. And, you know, A.J. Uh, Brown and Julio Jones actually did coexist for some games last year. Mm -hmm. So there could hypothetically be two, whether there it's could. Cooper or Burst and Woods. So that's I'm right. Keeping that hope up. Yeah. All right, Send Jay. out a third for Woods. Yeah, let's uh, finish off here. Give us, give me your tight end. The tightest end of 2022 trade targets is Dalton Schultz. We talked about Zeke earlier on, talking about all those guys that left. Amari Cooper, I liked him more than you, so I get to use him more towards this argument. He's <laughs> leaving. That's Fair how enough. that works. Uh, Amari Cooper leaving frees up even more work for Dalton Schultz, who was already seeing, uh, the technical term is a buttload of targets in that <laughs> offense last year. So uh, I don't know if you recall, he went into his fourth year last year in Dallas. There was some thoughts that it was a two tight end competition. We didn't know if it was going to be Dalton Schultz or this other guy. Uh, and some, some people were really in on the other guy, me being one of them, but it ended up being Dalton Schultz. Who had a, a fourth-year breakout? I mean, that's just what it is. He had a fourth-year breakout. So same arguments, though. Michael Gallup might not start the season. Amari Cooper is gone. Yeah, maybe they give um, the rookie a little bit of work out of the gates. Uh, or maybe it takes him a while. And they got to lean on Dalton Schultz even more. I don't think it matters either way. 
a guy I really like, Andrew Cooper, has wonderful, wonderful tight end analysis. Out on Twitter, he's always talking about what your goal should be with a tight end, especially for a long-term kind of guy. Look for somebody who's going to be potentially the second target on their offense. I mean, not everybody's going to be Travis Kelsey is going to be the target on the offense. Obviously, mm-hmm. we love those guys and find them, but find a guy who's at least in the top two. Dalton Schultz right now is in the top two. I think he is the second target behind CeeDee Lamb right now. He had 104 targets last year, 808 yards, eight touchdowns, lots of good stuff. And again, there's no competition in his position right now. He is certainly the guy. Maybe Tony Pollard gets sprinkled in for more receiving work. That's uh, maybe an argument you can use for Zeke too. There you go. Zeke will get the running work. Tony Pollard will get some more pass catching. Get out of the way. But I think Dalton Schultz is the second guy there. So he might not get eight touchdowns again, but I think it's very much within the realm of possibility. And people are just kind of looking at him. I I don't know. They don't have recency bias like they should for Dalton Schultz. Typically, I'd see him being a top three dynasty guy or close to it right now. And that's just not the case. So take advantage of the value because I think a second round pick, even in a tight end premium league, will get you Dalton Schultz right now. Absolutely. Woo! Absolutely. All right. Take us home. Who do you have for your tight end? All right. So my tight end is Cole Komet. Now, we all know tight ends. They take a little time to find their footing and really come into their own. So going into his third season this year, he is one of, what, two weapons, offensive weapons on this offense here. I should say offensive weapons. That That's repetitive and redundant. I'm sorry. Receiving weapons on this offense. Darnell Mooney, obviously the number one guy. I think, as you just said, he can be the number two option on this this passing offense. And he had an insane amount of targets last year. He had 93 targets and 60 receptions. What's the one thing that held him back from being um, higher than finishing at tight end 13 was touchdowns. Zero touchdowns. Zero. Guys that are getting that many targets, they are producing way higher than him and, and, and scoring more points. They're getting six to 10 touchdowns on the season. So the fact there should be some positive regression here for him in the touchdown column. And I, people are really down on him. He's currently going as tight end 20, which is extremely cheap. And I know everyone thinks this offense is going to be terrible. And it's probably going to st- still be pretty bad. Let's be honest. It can't be worse than last year. I do expect Justin Fields to take a step forward this year now that Matt Nagy is gone and they're going to be installing a little bit different offense um, with the new coaching staff there. So I do expect this offense to take a step forward. He's going to be part of it. And I, I mean, just kind of, again, piggy banking, piggy backing off of what you said with the number two targets on the team, it's kind of just wheels up for him. And I think you can really get him at a good value right now. Uh, especially now before training camp starts and he starts making some of those plays, now's the time to strike. Like the Cobra Kai, this is your That's time. Right. Sweep the leg. Go get Cole Komet on your teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of people using the zero touchdown argument to the contrary and say, look at this joker. He couldn't even get one touchdown with all those targets. I, I just don't get it because, yeah, like the offense was awful. They did, they barely scored all year. So that's not just Cole Komet's fault. Um, but as they start to score more touchdowns this year, guess what? He's going to get some. Yeah, I'm in the right. mood. So, so, so just for reference, uh, Justin Fields only threw seven touchdown passes last year. There you go. So, well, yes, you could say that, you know, 
that he didn't catch any, it's because there was none to be had on the team. They were just that fucking poor of an office. They're so bad. Which is great as Packer fans, but miserable if you were a goal. I mean, as, as a team, because remember, we had Andy Dalton starting some games and Nick Wolves had started. So they had 16 mm-hmm. total offensive passing touchdowns. 16. So they had less than one a game. That's how bad the offense was. Did somebody score more rushing touchdowns than that themselves? I feel like a running back did last year, but I could be making that up. I think there's somebody who got like 16 rushing touchdowns themselves more than the entire goddamn offense on the Bears. I'm sure. Was it JT? I think it was JT. It could have been. That seems um, legit. Give me a second here. I'll I'll pull up the... uh... Uh, well, JT had 18 rushing touchdowns. There you go. James Conner had 15. Yep. Damien so Harris had 15. I mean, there was guys that were right up there. Yeah. It's just wild. But yeah, I, I buy into this hardcore with Cole Komet. I've, I've wavered on him in the past, but I won't be doing it going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hammer. I'm going to Cobra Kai him. I'm going to get him on my team. Dustin. Nice. I like it. Woo! Mm-hmm. I almost want to make a beer bet about how many touchdowns he'll get, but that seems uh, superfluous. Why? Oh, that seems like a word of the day toilet paper item. Yeah, I, I've been I've been using I've been going through a lot <laughs> of it, so I have a lot more words than normal to share. <laughs> I, you know what? I I uh, no, I don't know. We both want him to do well, so it feels a mm-hmm. little. Yeah, I don't really want to bet against him. Yeah, we no. already got one in tonight. That's fine. We'll save it for next week. Okay, that sounds good. Um, so yeah, that's basically it. We've gone through all of our players that we are targeting for offseason trade targets. Uh, let us know in the comments who you think we should have been talking about. And maybe we'll come back to that a little bit closer to the regular season starting here for some of those last minute uh, waiver trade additions that you should make to kind of shore up your team that we think are good values. So that's something we could revisit as the summer goes on here. Anything else you want to add, Jake, before we sign off? No, this was delightful. And I like that for once we ended on tight ends and they didn't hate ourselves for it. So you know what? There are a couple of, couple of quality guys that we're after here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So until next week, folks, um, go out, give us a rate and review, subscribe to our YouTube page, all that good stuff. Find us at Drinking Fantasy. Find my partner at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. Find me at FDustyDog. Uh, you can find us this Saturday on the Podathon, the SFE Podathon. We will be making appearances at 3 p.m. on Saturday, if I remember correctly. Correctamundo. Yep. So if you want to see our beautiful faces uh, on, on Saturday uh, for some extra DTFF in your life, uh, check us out there. Even if you don't want to go see us, just go check out the Podathon. It's a really cool thing that they're doing. 36 hours straight fantasy football experts and analysts coming on their their show to raise money for Fantasy Cares, uh, which is what this whole dang thing is all about. And see, I'm repping my SFE 12 shirt this evening. Just got it nice. in the mail. Go out, support them to do whatever you can. Uh, times are tough for everyone out there, but um, really, it's all about the kids and uh getting them something uh, to make their lives a little bit better. So, uh, so yeah, just go out, do it, join SFE, join the satellites, whatever you can give. It's, it's all for the best. So hopefully we'll see you on Saturday folks. And until next time, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers. F. Evers. Shut up, shut up.